Welcome to the Share Chair Podcast, where we tell each other stories and learn from listening. Ms. Marin, yeah. welcome <laughs> to the Share Chair Podcast. Thank you very much. Yeah, thank you for being here, really. I know you didn't want to initially, your initial answer was no. Yes. Why was that? Do you not like being interviewed or uh, talking? Because the students here love you. They really do. They love how you know, knowledgeable you are. You're a great teacher. Well, thank you. Um, it's, it's, uh, there are certain personalities who would rather be in their own little world, in their own secure environment, and um, where they can control everything. Yeah. <laughs> and this has out of my control here, so mm -hmm. it makes me uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. So you teach IB bio, um, astronomy, earth science. Pretty much that's it. Pretty much it. Okay. Occasionally I get a freshman bio. I got you. So it's just to remind me that they're human, <laughs> <laughs> and make you work a little bit. Make so, me work yes. a little differently. Yeah. A little differently. Yeah. But teaching wasn't your first career, was it? No. Can you talk about your career um, path up to this point? My mother is an RN at a time for women that they rarely worked outside the home. Uh, you had three choices if you did not get married and have kids. You became a nun, which was not her option. You became a secretary, or you became a nurse. The fourth option was teaching, but, you know, my mother never went on. So when it came time for me to choose a profession, she kept saying, don't do nursing, don't do nursing. You're smart enough to do medicine. Let's go find something else. So she called the local hospital and said, okay, what else do you have? made arrangements for me to go walk through. Um, I think I was probably 16. And I fell in love with the lab because we got to go deliver blood to the OR. And I thought, this is really cool. <laughs> Little did I know that that's rare. <laughs> and that isn't where I ended up in, in the lab. But I found it to be really fascinating because anything that came out of the human body other than a tissue sample, I was trained to examine. And the knowledge of what can go wrong in your body has just been tremendously interesting to me. So where did you, well, this is a, jumping around a little bit, but what universities or colleges have you attended? Because I feel like I've talked with you before and you keep saying like, oh, when I was here, when I was here, you like, couldn't keep up. So my undergraduate degree was St. Louis University. Um, my teaching certification is from the University of Texas in San Antonio. My <clears throat> part of my master's degree comes from uh, Grand Valley and Michigan Tech and Penn State University. What makes a good studier? Um, let's go back to what people normally do when they think they're studying. And it comes down to a thing about fluency versus mastery. So if I read my notes over and over and over again, by the 20th time I've read my notes, I've seen it, I'm fluent in it. It doesn't mean a thing that I don't understand a word I just read, but all of those words are familiar to me. Mastery is when I shut those notes down and I ask myself questions and I can answer those questions without referring back. If you ask one question and you give an answer, and you ask why, and you can give another answer, and you ask why again, by the time you get to the fourth or fifth why, 
You know it. You understand it. You can manipulate it. You can now use it. Hmm. Knowledge, knowledge is being able to take it and apply it to something else. Mm -hmm. Then you really know it. Hmm. And have you always had this mentality when approaching new information? Or did you have to learn this? I think you have to learn everything. So you've lived in many places. Yes. How were any of them not for school? Like, did you... What, what are the places that you've lived? <coughs> I was born in Virginia. Moved when I was two weeks old to southern Illinois, Belleville, which is like a bedroom community of St. Louis. Um, grew up there, went to St. Louis University for my undergrad, so I moved to St. Louis. And you were moved. really young at the time, right? I remember you yeah, saying I, something about I that. I skipped my senior year because I got bored in the summers, mm -hmm. and I took summer school. Mm -hmm. So when my family says, we're moving to a brand new place, and you're going to go to a different high school, I said, no, I'm not. <laughs> It's so far went, more worth it just to go right to college. Yeah. I needed three-fourths of a credit, so I took marching band as a piano player. Oh. And uh, <laughs> probably an English course with my favorite English teacher, yeah. Mrs. Hoffman. Um, yeah. I had played so the did xylophone. So did you begin university at 17 then? Mm -hmm. so. I graduated. I was still not legal to drink. So after St. Louis University? After St. Louis University, I got a job in a variety of different labs. Let's see, my first job was County Hospital. Then I was recruited by a biomedical firm as a sales rep. It's really terrible to be a utter and complete failure at the age of 21. Because I can talk to people, but I cannot sell them things. <laughs> It it's was. kind of an interesting position yeah. to be in. At 21. A, yeah, at such a young age. Mm -hmm. In St. Louis, I went back and got another job okay. as a med tech. I uh, worked in basically hematology, which I decided I didn't like because I hated doing bone marrows. I hate to stick people with great big huge giant needles and then have to, well, the doc did that part. Yeah, so, I would well, hate that too. That yeah. Would be yeah. yeah. <laughs> was not my Don't thing. blame me there. <laughs> and then an opening came at Jewish Hospital in Microbiology, which is my passion. And I got to work with a man that was phenomenal. Dr. Sonnenworth had survived concentration camps. He was a German Jew. He was a young, younger young man. He was you know, like an adolescent at the time. Nobody knew this until we read it in the newspaper because he was being honored. But um, the man was brilliant in microbiology. He taught me so much. And for some reason, I had paid a visit to him when I was a, a, a rep for the, the microbiology company. And he remembered that. And he was pretty impressed by that. And I said, don't be impressed. Uh, but we had a very close relationship. And when I told him I was leaving, um, because one, my husband was being transferred to Idaho because he was military, and I was having a baby, um, everybody said, don't say that, don't say that. He hates losing texts. And I go, well, I got to tell him. And he gave me this biggest hug. And then I found out that his daughter, who was a med student in Kansas City, was like two weeks more pregnant than I was. So I was sort of like his surrogate daughter. No. He was just a fabulous person. From there, we moved to Idaho. Um, from Idaho, we moved to Baltimore when my husband was doing his master's in public health at Hopkins. 
Uh, then we moved to San Antonio. And all this is like, well, we were in Idaho for like two and a half years, nine months in Baltimore, a year in San Antonio. Went up to Wright Pat, which is Dayton, Ohio, for about two years, and moved back down to San Antonio. And then eventually decided he didn't want to do hyperbarics anymore. We moved up to Michigan. And your children, they went to? All of them went here. U of M? And all of them went to U of M. And they all have an engineering degree. Really? And one has a PhD in engineering. Um, my daughter had it in material science, but now she has her physician's assistant, master's. And then my baby had him in electrical engineering, just so he could get a pilot slot. And he now is an instructor pilot. That's amazing. For the Air Force. What does he, do you know what he flies? He flies, well, they're called tweets, T-38s. Okay. So can you see yourself doing anything else? Like, are there any other degrees that you want to <laughs> pursue? I, you always say, never stop learning. Never stop so, yeah. um, I will eventually retire, and I would probably put that at three years up to this year. Really? I'll be full retirement age. And there are things I want to do. Um, I have collected fairy tale books probably for the last 30 years. So comparative mythologies, theologies would be a passion. Just Joseph Campbell is my hero <laughs> to see how things are more alike than they are different. Yeah. And I would like to go and do something like that. that Occasionally be. I mess with the idea of like becoming a docent for a, a, a museum mm -hmm. yeah. because that would be fun. It would be. But secretly, the thing I really want to do, besides being a backup singer for Sting, and he's getting up there. <laughs> just slowing down. I think it'd be really cool to get a job on Amtrak in their car with all the windows and just tell stories. Wow. Just tell stories. You can tell the story of what you're going past or the history of the pioneer women who would go crazy because of the wind, and their most prized possession was a canary who would sing so you wouldn't go nuts. And all that history, on almost any of the routes, I mean, there's all that history that you can see by rail. Yeah. That'd be fun. See, have you traveled a lot by rail? Yes, I have. I have never met a stranger. That's <laughs> right. pretty much my basic personality. Um, my, my friends used to say, you could get a brick wall to talk to you, <laughs> which is kind of true. Yeah. I have met um, more people on Amtrak and have learned their life stories that I could really honestly use that as a basis of a book. That's fantastic. People will tell strangers a lot of things that they will never tell somebody that they're close to. And it's, it's wonderful, all the experiences and all the, I mean, I've never been on an Amtrak that people weren't interested. I've been on Amtraks that are broken down, <laughs> the toilets quit working, yeah. the air conditioning quit, but the people on the train were always pulling for each other, yeah. always taking care of each other. You don't see that in an airplane anymore. No. Yeah. Airplanes have become hardships, and Amtrak has become just um, 
a really nice way to travel if you've got the time. If you had a piece of advice to give to anyone, what would it be? Happiness starts with yourself. Be happy with yourself first. Don't worry about anybody else. And my other one, because I get to choose more than one. <laughs> um, always, always keep an open mind. You never know what it is that's going to really excite you. I never thought I'd be a teacher. <laughs> never on my radar. But somewhere along the line, somebody made the suggestion. And I go, oh, okay, maybe. So, the world is a better place for it. Are. We are better for it. <laughs> well, I lucked out, to tell you the truth. I really did. I lucked out. When we came to Michigan and we chose Spring Lake instead of East Grand Rapids to live in, oh, yeah. um, I figured my kids would benefit greatly. But the truth is, I'm the one who did. Oh. Thank you, Ms. Marin. Uh, oh, you're welcome. <laughs>